Welcome to Talkie Talk, the podcast for TheMediaByUs.com. Uh, my name is David, and today I'm joined by TJ. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> well, well played, sir. Uh, Chris. Hey. Yo. And Brent. <laughs> Even Bye. better. Sometimes it's the practical effects. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we're going to start off the podcast like we always do, talking about the homework assignment from the previous week. Last week I assigned Seeking a Friend for the End of the World, a movie with pretty bad ratings and a famous Vanity Fair article that said it was the worst movie of its generation. I wanted to see if you guys agreed or you found something redeeming about it. Well, I definitely don't agree with Vanity Fair. Yeah, I was going to say. pretty strong. Definitely a reach. Yeah. I thought it was was, uh, enjoyable. I thought it was a, a a slightly better than average romantic comedy for me. It's my second time seeing it, and I'm still not a big fan. I have 55 on Rotten Tomatoes. If I was ranking that out of a 100 scale, I'd probably be around there. Yeah, I thought it was... I really liked the deep cast in that movie. I was surprised by all the... This was the first time I had seen it, and I was surprised to see so many people I recognized. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Gillian Jacobs, Jacobs yeah. and uh, TJ Miller. Adam Brody. Uh, also, uh, the guy from CSI has maybe, the, yeah. has maybe the funniest scene in the movie <laughs> when he's when he's uh, anticipating Steve Carell thinking he's going to murder him. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, "So should we just walk out here? Do you want to walk with me to this field? You want to walk out onto this field with me?" And Steve Carell's like, "No." Yeah, I, I really liked uh, I really liked that scene. But as for the actual main character story, I don't know. I just it was just sort of run of the mill. I liked, uh, I guess I probably liked it more than you guys did. I think the cen- the central weakness for me is the central character of Steve Corral is kind yeah. of uh, nothing. I don't think he gets a lot to play with, and he also doesn't do a ton with it. Mm-hmm. He, they kind of fast forward some stuff, I feel like. <laughs> like, they fast forwarded uh, him completely falling in love with yeah. Keira Knightley. It just happens, like, all of a sudden to me. Right. I thought, well, that's I, probably how I would react. Yeah, I thought, <laughs> I thought all the, uh, the random cast... Like the the good cast, everyone was good in it. Kind of committed to different zany side quests of an apocalypse, and I mm-hmm. thought Keira Knightley was was pretty good in it too. But I th- think Steve Carell's character, just how it was written, kind of brought it brought that part down. Yeah, that's true. I didn't think about it like that. Definitely, the best quality of it is definitely the supporting cast. Keira Knightley's fine, but she's always kind of. I do like the the dinner party they go to at the beginning. With, yeah. Then uh, <laughs> uh, Rob Corddry is that the yeah. is that the guy at the beginning? Yeah. He's so funny. Like uh, they're doing a drinking party and doing shots with his like eight year old daughter. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, she's. I think she's drinking wine, and he's just like, drink, drink, drink. <laughs> Fight through the burn. Fight through the burn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also. His wife in the movie, Connie B, Connie Breton. Yeah. I'm a big fan of hers. Uh, yeah. She makes everything better. Coach's wife. The real Queen B. Yeah. Mrs. Coach. Mrs. Yeah. Coach. <laughs> I did I did enjoy that the movie doesn't sell out the premise at the end. Like I thought for a bit it was gonna be like, oh the meteor missed like missed yeah. and they just like you guys made this decision and now you guys are gonna be in a couple going forward. That it actually commits to, you know, it is the end of the world. <laughs> yeah. I I kind of wish they had done the other thing. I kind of wish they had it had been a mess, and you got to see the aftermath of all these people and all the decisions they had made over the last few weeks. Oh, right. <laughs> and that would be funny. That would I think I would have enjoyed that movie a whole lot more of just like Steve Carell and Keira Knightley getting married on the beach, and then waking up and the asteroid passes and the realistic 
aspect of Keira Knightley regretting that decision immediately. Right. <laughs> I, I would have liked that, or I would have preferred if they hadn't done the, well, the meteor's actually coming like, like a week ahead of time. It's like they ran out of stuff for them to do, or uh, right. the movie didn't fit into two hours if they did <clears throat> the full three weeks. Mm-hmm. And it's like, so actually the meteor's going to hit today. Like, that's bullshit. And I, if they would have not done the, oh, they're laying in bed, they love each other, they've committed to each other for the rest of their lives, you know, and then the white flash. Like, just don't have the white flash. Like, end it day like three days before the apocalypse. Because it doesn't matter what happens after they fall in love. And it doesn't make it any more special that they fell in love right before. It's true. Like, it's pointless. I think it's a great frame and it's a great motivator for both of them to make life adjustments and they do that. But having the actual apocalyptic event not actually shown but hinted at is just pointless. Well, I think it's... Cheapens it for me. I think it's the point of the movie, though. Because everybody else gives up. It's like, if there is no payback for it, why would you even try? And the point of it is that there is an end and they're trying. But what's different from them and any of the other characters? They still have pointless apocalypse sex. True. They still bury a man in the middle of, like, like just like heartlessly bury a man who was murdered murdered in front of them, affecting them as zero. Destroy relationships just you know as they see fit, and then they end up together. So, <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't think that, I don't think they're special. I think the point is that both those characters had uh, compromised or not tried throughout their lives. Yeah, like she's just. Um, Serial monogamous is the yeah bounces from person phrase. to person, and Steve Carell could have fought for his high school love at the time, but didn't, and ended up with a uh, you know person that just ran away from him at the beginning, which I enjoyed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she just like they announced it on, on the radio, and she just like opens the door yeah. and sprints off. I thought off. <laughs> the point of uh, Kira Knightley coming back at the end is that she makes that choice rather than you know Steve Carell made the choice for her to put her on the helicopter, and that they're both like finally seeing. The resolution of them making their own choice, right? Rather than falling into something, she makes the choice. I see your point. I don't know that there's there's a lot to that, or if it's deep. But that was the the point of showing it to me. Yeah. See, to me, she making the choice to come back to Steve Carell is her falling in the same pattern that she admits is her fault. That's kind of what I saw. Well, that's fair. Especially when she even has that line, doesn't she? It's like I thought we were going to save each other, like. I feel like she always thought it was yeah. the right thing to do, but it was just, she just keeps doing the same old I mean, her, her, it's clear that her mind is made up about him way earlier than his is. Mm-hmm. And then it's only when he's he realizes that him chasing after Olivia is what is making her upset, and he doesn't want her to be upset. And so he's still just, just like placating somebody else and maybe not doing what he wants. But it takes her visible grief that he might not want to be with her and want to be with Olivia the last few days that makes him be like, oh, well, I'll just write Olivia a letter and I'll be with Kieran Knightley. Hmm. Like, it, I don't think it's a sincere love from either of them. Or if it is, it's both of them falling into the same patterns that they have their entire lives, which they both vocalize in the most irritating, I'm going to narrate to the audience way. Do you think it would be more interesting if... Uh, it's the whole setup for her being put on the helicopter is her saying, like, I've spent so many like Christmases and holidays... With just another boyfriend instead of my parents. Mm-hmm. That's why he puts her on the helicopter. You think it would have been more interesting if you don't see her again at the end? Yeah. Because you already get the payoff. They've already, they already clearly love each other. He's willing to be alone 
and he's he's like sworn off Olivia, like doesn't care. He'll go to bed in her bed, maybe still, and it's a you know a romantic gesture. He puts her on on the plane, and she you know had this experience with him. He was her last love. It doesn't matter that they are in the same bed at the end of the movie. And then she gets to go see her parents, which she wouldn't anyway, because apparently the asteroid picks up in speed somehow. Like, turns on its fucking rocket boosters. Three mushrooms. I saw it uh, like, <laughs> a couple weeks ago. I didn't think that there was a jump in time at all. There's not a jump in time. It's As far as the acceleration, because they have the uh, like the newscast when they know it's like about to be hours away. Like They have it pretty timed. Everything's but, on a countdown. But that... That newscast that it's going to be a couple hours, the guy says, despite previous reports, uh, the asteroid is going to be here uh, a week earlier than expected, oh. and it's hitting in 16 hours. And that's when they, I think that's when they drive to um, Steve Carell's dad's place. Yeah. The former president, yeah. Martin Sheen. But yeah. Anyway. Yet another yeah. addition to yeah. an already deep cast. But yeah, other than that, and Patton Oswalt. Can't. Oh yeah, that also was so funny. Oh, yeah, he's great. Are we gonna double stuff that? Is that what he says? Yeah. Yeah. God. <laughs> uh, but other than kind of my complaint about the ending, I thought it was cute. Yeah, yeah. I'm a sucker yeah. for rom coms too. Thought it was a interesting take on a rom rom com at least. Mm-hmm. It's also hard when we assign homework to not look at things more critically. Yeah, it's true. Um, yeah. yeah, I won't. I won't for sure trivialize the word critic by placing myself in that camp. But uh, yeah, I can't watch anything that's assigned as homework without thinking, like, what am I going to talk about? It was cute. Didn't like the ending. This is what I think they could have done. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not a filmmaker. So there's some interesting stuff along the way, though. Like, I like the, uh, the, um, the, the den of hedonism that the, like, TGI Fridays has become. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, have, you have the different takes on, like, you know, there's, there's nihilism, there's, like, hedonism. It's the different things of, you know, everything ending. Mm-hmm. I don't think the, the movie takes... Any of those uh, like philosophies seriously, no. but it's got some different takes in it. Yeah. All right, so uh, I think that's good enough for that. Sure. But there's more thought we gave to it than I think Vanity Fair did back in the day. Yeah, they they, yeah. Reached, they reached a bit. All right, so now that we're done homework, we're talking about uh, what we've been watching from the past week. Anybody want to go first? Sure. I watched three movies and I started one TV show, so mine should be short. Uh, I actually rewatched a movie and its sequel. That were shown back to back on TBS one night. Red and Red Two. Hmm. So they are based off of comics, probably. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um, Those are fun. Is this yeah, the one about the super entertaining? Retired. Okay. Red yeah. is retired, extremely dangerous. Mm-hmm. So it's like retired CIA, Hit like people. black ops. Yeah. Yeah. Bruce Willis, Helen Mirren, uh, Morgan Freeman, and John Malkovich, who was hilarious. In yeah. Those <laughs> so funny. Hmm. But yeah, they're they're super entertaining for what they are. I put them in the same mold as like. Brent, you and I have talked before about uh, like National Treasure. There should be more like just family action movies. These definitely aren't family. They're pretty violent, but it's just fun. Fun. Yeah. yeah. I always wanted to see it though. I never saw it. I've never seen yeah. it. Good. Great, great cast for it. Yeah, yeah. There's really um, I mean, parts that are really cheesy, but it's you know it does what it wants. The it's weird. The two the main like, villain, I guess. Uh, there's a few. One's played by Richard Dreyfuss in the first one. One's played by what's his name? He plays Bones in the new Star Trek movies. Carl Urban, not yeah. Keith Urban. Carl, Carl Urban. Carl. Uh, and then one is if y'all has anybody started Better Call Saul. Yeah, you know the wife of the guy who steals the tax money that he's trying to like be a lawyer for in the first season. She's like a main villain in this huh. movie, which is really bizarre. It's the only thing I recognize her from. 
Uh, so anyway, I watched those. Then I watched uh, Collateral Beauty. Ooh, the Will Smith. Yeah. Oh, man, that that movie could be like an amazing movie, and I will just hate it because of that stupid title. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not. So you don't have to worry about it. So <laughs> it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty bad. It's the one where he gets letters from Death, Love, he and... He writes letters to Death, Love, and Time. Oh. Um, so he's, he's got like this cool, hip marketing firm. And his friends worked there for him, played by, oh my god, um, who's the guy in Chips, not Dak Shepard, the other guy? Michael Pena. Michael Pena. I can't remember who the other two people are now. Uh, one's Kate Winslet. Ed Norton? And Edward yeah. Norton. It's like, good good cast for those three. But yeah, so he's, I don't know, the plot's like, he's losing it, and he always gave like pep talks about how you have to like kick time and death and love in the butt and move on. Lost his daughter to cancer. It is like crazy now and yeah. like won't sell the company, so they're trying to trick him into thinking he's crazy by hiring actors to approach him and claim they are death, time, and love. And <sighs> that's the whole plot of the movie. And it's not good <laughs> at all. Collateral Beauty. That sounds like the title of like open mic poetry yeah. night. <laughs> collateral Beauty. We're sorry if he gets I'm a victim <laughs> of Collateral Beauty. What's sad is that like, Will Smith had that article where he was like, I'm going to stop doing movies that everybody wants me to do and start doing movies I want to do. And it's like, eh, you, you should, should go be... back to that thing you were doing before. Or do Hancock again. Yeah. It's a happy yeah. medium, too. Yeah. I'm kidding. Um, so anyway, yeah, don't watch that. Then I started a TV show that was great. I started Derek, finally, on Netflix. The Ricky Gervais, oh, yeah. BBC, like, mockumentary office type show. Mm-hmm. Super sweet. Super endearing. Hmm. Carl Pilkington. Pilkington? Has a really weird character. It's like if you... He's actually really good in it, which is odd. Uh, he's the idiot abroad, if you've seen that. And he's yeah. the guy that they make fun of on uh, the Ricky Gervais show, mm-hmm. too. But uh, if you like took the like character arc of Dwight from The Office throughout all nine seasons and like shrunk it into the first episode, that's kind of what you get. It's like, this guy's an asshole. Oh, but he like saves the day, and he's kind of redeeming at the end. He's actually mm-hmm. really sweet. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I definitely recommend that. I want to binge watch a lot of that this week, is my plan. Hmm, cool. There's only three seasons of I think there's a movie also at the end. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not 100% on that, but. You know, Netflix, it might just show up as like an episode that's right. an hour and a half long. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's it for me. I've basically been only watching one thing that I posted in our group about it. Um, <laughs> yeah. It is the Great British Baking Show. Oh. Uh, and I really enjoy that. And it's the Great British Bake Off. There is a trademark issue about <clears throat> calling it the Great British Bake Off because Pillsbury owns the trademark to the words Bake Off. Really? So they that's, can't call it the Great British that Bake Off. That is really interesting. That's yeah. funny. They own Bake Off. There's like elementary schools that owe Pillsbury residuals. Yeah. Yeah. have like a charity <laughs> Bake Off. I couldn't. Yeah. I thought, I mean, I thought maybe it was like the, how they rebrand stuff from the UK mm-hmm. sometimes and just like title it slightly differently. Huh. Um, but now it's just straight up they couldn't because of Pillsbury. <laughs> okay. And this also weird importing stuff before I talk about it. Three seasons of it are on Netflix. But British shows oftentimes don't do seasons. They do series and mm-hmm. they're irregularly aired. Sure. So on Netflix you get series six, series five, and series four are seasons one, two, and three, respectively. So, yeah. Weird. So, yeah. But they're up there. It's a fantastic show. It is a reality cooking competition, and it is so endearing, and... 
It's not like Cake Wars where they have, like, make them build these this stupid shit that no one eats. It's like, today we're going to be all baking different bread. And they do three challenges. The first one is just, you know, picked at random by the hosts. They're all on a theme in that day. And they have a week to practice. Hmm. So then they practice at home. They don't, like, live in some stupid reality TV house. They practice at home. They do the, the first one, which I forget the name of, but it's something funny. And then the second one, they don't know what it is. They haven't practiced it, and they only get a recipe and a brief description by the hosts, Mel and Sue, who are incredibly cute. And it's just, it'll say, like, make the meringue, and then, like, the next, move on to the next item. And so lots of them get really lost in it. Hmm. And that's called the technical, and it's one of Mary Berry, one of the judges, or Paul Hollywood's <laughs> recipes. <laughs> And then the third one is called their showstopper, and it's the like a bigger bake, or it's bake three different things twelve times, you know, and present them all as like a baking bakery case. Hmm. But they help each other out. Yeah. If they've got big problems, sometimes the hosts Mel and Sue will help people out. Like they were doing something with phyllo dough, and this one person was making like rolling it out to like a two meter sheet, and like one of the hosts was like, "Do you need help with that?" And like he just helped him like flip it so that he could fold it. Sounds sweet. Yeah, yeah. People, people will come by and be like, "Hey, I can see in your oven. Like, is like, is it supposed to be that brown?" And they'll be like, "Oh, thank you, good catch." And they'll pull it out and like they'll win for the week. Because I feel like the the priority in American competition shows for cooking is like punch everybody in the face. Yeah, punch everybody in the face. But it's like catching those gotcha moments where you're gonna someone's gonna embarrass themselves. Yeah. And this seems like it's more about the craft. And yeah. Appreciating the outcome. And they're all amateur bakers. They're from all walks of life in the UK. In the first season on Netflix, there is a young woman who is 17 who is competing, and then there's a woman who's like 75. Hmm. It's, it's just great. And I recommend it to everybody. But that's that's basically awesome. Very watching. soothing, like... Oh, yeah. Is it Chris Meditation? Is some yes. And I started watching it because I got it, I was reminded of it because I've been watching a bunch of YouTube crap. And uh, I got into a hole of uh, the best of Noel Fielding, uh, the Mighty Boosh mm-hmm. guy, uh, and saw that uh, for the newest season that's going to air on the BBC, uh, Mel and Sue left. There's more like weird legal stuff about <laughs> Great British Bake Off. Uh, but Mel and Sue left, and Noel Fielding is going to be one of the hosts, which is going to add a level of chaos that I'm excited to see. Yes. <laughs> um, but I, I highly recommend it. I know we've got someone on the on the site to start watching it, and they agree that it is wholesome and fun. Nice. Excellent. It reminded me of the you remember the Master Chef final a few years ago where the girl couldn't get the jar open. Do you remember mm-hmm. that? She ran into the audience yep. where her dad was. I was like, Dad! <laughs> he was like, bop! <laughs> ran back down the stairs. I was like, yay! <laughs> Go, Dad! Uh, me next? Yeah, sure. Uh, movies I watched. Last Monday, I went to the theater and I watched what is now my favorite movie of 2017, Get Out. Ah. And it was my favorite movie of 2017 when we did the podcast. I just, just totally forgot. forgot that night. I went to the drive-in and watched two movies. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Loved it. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, it's, and it's terrifying. And the, have, have you seen it? Still got to see it. I haven't seen it either. Yeah. Uh, I highly recommend it. I want to talk a lot about that once they get it yeah. seen. Uh, I'm glad it's still in theaters. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really good. It's made a lot of money. I watched, uh, re, this is a rewatch, I watched uh, Casino Royale, which is a really good movie. It's, it might be my favorite James Bond movie. Hmm. It's a... Uh, it's a very good action movie. Between that and Skyfall for me. I think Skyfall just has a better villain for me. Do you do you go, I do like Mads Mikkelsen. Do you go deep on uh, 
Bond movies? Like, do, have you seen a bunch of the classics? Or I have seen them, and my problem is I watch them so uh, quickly in order that I mix up which ones are which. Sometimes. Okay, it would it, it, makes, my... it makes sense that you say you watch them quickly in order because that is the way that you watch things. <laughs> and that's how like TNT and TBS do it, right? They do marathons, like, Memorial Day, and whatnot. Yeah, I would. Uh, my favorites are either it's either Casino Royale or Goldfinger. Or Goldeneye, yeah, Goldeneye is up there, and yeah. then uh, maybe uh, from Russia with Love, if I'm remembering the right one, it's really good. My favorite Skyfall because it's the only one I know I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's that's my favorite too because I know TJ has seen it. <laughs> uh, I believe uh, Daniel Craig was even nominated for a BAFTA Best Actor for Casino Royale. Oh wow, it's, it's possible. The BAFTAs are legit. <laughs> I, um, I did hear someone recently on. Watching the in my YouTube crap hole, uh, Richard <laughs> crap hole. Yeah, I mean <laughs> Richard Ayoade is getting grilled by someone, and they're like just jokingly like, "I have a BAFTA," and Richard Ayoade responds with, "Everyone has a BAFTA." <laughs> After that, I watched. Uh, this is by far the most interesting movie I watched all week. It was... Uh, What's Antichrist again? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I watched uh, The Skin I Live In from two, oh, 2011. Yeah. It's a Pedro Almodovar. Yeah, so that was, Joint. My, that was my first Pedro Almodovar. Almodovar. Almodovar? Almodovar. Joint. Great stuff we got going on here, guys. Uh, First movie I've heard about him as a director before. I know he he has a lot of critical acclaim, and I've never seen one of his movies before. I might have picked another one to start with, but Oracle chose this one for me. So, uh, so, so I went with the Obelisk. I think my favorite maybe Talk to Her. That's one. con ella. I've heard about that. All about my mother. Todo (laughs) madre. Esta. Todo madre. Yo soy biblioteca. (laughs) Uh, I would re- I would recommend the skin I live in. It is it is. Have you seen it? I heard it's a little creepy. It is creepy. It is creepy and and odd and. But the story is just watch it for the plot. It's good. It's I've, it's it's good in that respect. I've heard it described as a thriller that's not scary. Yes, yes. It's it's, a, it's all just tone and tense. Almost yeah, just like a horror movie without any scary moments. <laughs> After that, it was a, a, another rewatch, but it's a documentary that I really like and I hadn't seen it in a while. Exit through the gift shop. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's a brainwash. Uh, <laughs> that was like the first big, like, I feel like Netflix thing. Big, yeah. It was exactly the gift shop. Like, everybody had Netflix streaming. Came out, what, like? 2010? Yeah. yeah. And it was the thing, like, it's on Netflix. Everybody should see it. Like, good yeah. So I completely missed this aspect when it came out. I did not know that there's a lot of thought that it might, the whole thing might be a prank from Yeah. Yep. That it yeah. might just be him hiring this guy. Yeah. Basically satirizing the art scene. Yeah. It's really fascinating. From yeah, it's, it's it's a really, really interesting documentary. I would love if, if they did a second kind of a follow-up into, like, what went into making Exit Through the Gift Shop. Mm-hmm. Nice. Kind of showed the story of what happened. Mm-hmm. Whether it was, like, honest, because I've, I've heard that Mr. Brainwash is a fraud in more ways than just portrayed through there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that he is an actor, but after Exit to the Gift Shop, he became more of an artist. Yeah, apparently because of like the fame and notoriety that was that drove him through that. Yeah, sure. You also like never see him 
doing anything, like, right. doing any actual art in the entire movie. It's yeah. just him, like, pasting art right. onto buildings, yeah. <laughs> and then dripping paint along yeah. pre-made uh, prints. Yeah, I think yeah, I think that's the closest you get <laughs> to him touching art. <laughs> right. Uh, I started to recall, uh, I used to listen to Comedy Bang Bang a lot podcast, uh, and Paul F. Tompkins would do Mr. Brainwash <laughs> on that show. <laughs> it's just funny. That's, right, that's why I always think of Mr. Brainwash. <laughs> As for, uh, I watched one episode of television this week, it was Survivor, and it was oh, yeah. another masterclass in why uh, our two-time winner, Sandra, always wins this game. And so I assume she's still on, I still haven't seen. Sandra survived, Sandra's been to all but one tribal council, I think, this season, and these morons still fail to vote out the only two-time winner of the show. And, but she... This, uh, you should, TJ, when you watch this episode, watch Sandra, this is, this is Sandra every season of Sandra, and it's, in this episode, you get a feel for, like, how she is so good at what she does. Because you wonder, you wonder, like, why don't people get rid of her? And this episode, you figure it out. She's so good at moving the target. Mm-hmm. And she Me. does it really well in this episode. Still, they're morons. Just write her name down. If she, if she shows up in the tribal council, just write her name down. Yeah. I feel like there's a, there's a tribe swap happening soon. With both other tribes having six members apiece, and then theirs only having four, like it would uh, just be, it, that tribe would just whittle down to just Sandra. <laughs> well, I know they're they're rolling out all the greatest hits for this season because I saw in the preview for next week we get the return of Exile Island. Would you explain which, that concept? Yeah. So it's a it's somebody they'll have some sort of individual challenge, and the loser has to go sleep on a different island by themselves for the night. Um. <laughs> It would not surprise me, though, if this season, if Exile Island just only exists for one episode. Yeah. They, just, right. they just bring it, and they're like, all right, we're done with that. <laughs> Moving on. It's just, just like eight immunity idols there. And, like, the next person who gets voted out, right. And the next person who gets voted out just happens to be like, oh, you're going to Redemption Island. So you get to wait three episodes and then try to play your way back into the game. And they only do it for, like, one person. Like, that would not surprise me. The season is just... It's almost like they spin a wheel of past elements and just see what it lands on. Every yeah, Brent was telling me that... Several seasons ago, there was one where this group was like, "We know who we want to vote out. We're not going to play the uh, challenge, and we, we want to go to tribal. We want to vote this one person off." And Preps is like, "All right, well, I guess you can do that. There'll probably be some consequences." And they're like, "That's fine." And then he just went in their camp and took all their food. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're not going to play my show. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> also, just real quick, I got uh, the new. Uh, Baseball video game for this year, MLB The Show 17, nice. and uh, it's fun. I I used to get it every other year, but I, I took a, a I waited three years to wait for the new Brave Stadium to open. Yeah, so it's uh-huh. on there. So I've been playing that some. So nice, it's fun. I heard played with you. It's super fun. Yeah, it's, last I talked to you, uh, Ashley beat your ass. Yeah, in the retro mode. DJ beat me <laughs> also, too. Also, one. <laughs> yeah. mode where, where one button does all the things. Yeah. <laughs> That's my style. Yeah, it's 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 uh, it's modern graphics, but in the style of Ken Griffey Jr. baseball from 1994. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's got it's got the old like Griffey like like he launched that one. Yeah, <laughs> and also if uh, like a player strikes out, you still have the same animation of he turns around and breaks the bat over his knee. Yeah, every every player that strikes out breaks their bat. Yeah, <laughs> so many broken so, bats. So there's some Ash Lumberyard that's just like cashing in <laughs> in the video game world. Yeah. That's the companion game to it. And just the Lumberyard Manager yeah. 2017 <laughs> Lumber Tycoon. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's 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 what I've been watching. Nice. 
Nice. I'll, uh, I'll wrap it up. Uh, I glanced over at your tablet. I'm excited. Ooh, I'm excited. Yeah. What? So I glanced over at your tablet. I'm excited. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I, I got into the Before series. Yeah. Having never watched them before. I haven't either. I watched Everybody Wants Some last week, and I, I tend to kind of go in a line with some stuff. So looking at some Link Ladder that I haven't seen, watched uh, the first two, only the first two. I didn't see Before Midnight yet, so yeah. Before Sunrise and Before Sunset. I uh, I liked both of them. Yeah. The, the first one, I think it's I think it's a movie that would be it's more for a younger person. I don't know. Maybe as an adult, I'm a little more cynical about stuff, but it's like oh, it's adorable. These little uh, quasi intellectual people talking about stuff. Yeah. But you know, you know, we've we've all been that like college student or that hopeless. Po- you know. Yeah. That, that kind of person before, just walking around Vienna and... <laughs> we've all been there. You know, we've all been walking around Vienna, giving a German poet money for creating a milkshake poem. Everyone's been there, right? Police, especially. The characters seem like they're they're a little smug and, you know, intellectual, but there's a genuine, like, spark between those two characters that you can really tell. I really liked a lot more uh, Before Sunset. Before Sunset. When they come back... It's like ten years later, and it's the aftermath of did they did they meet up with each other or did they not, and kind of has another hypothetical at the end about what do you think happens? Did you rent them or are they streaming somewhere yet? They're both streaming on uh, Amazon Prime. Oh, nice! Right now, uh, the third one isn't. Okay. So I kind of watched them in a row. So uh, I want to see the third one. All right. So after that, uh, from when we were talking about last week, the uh, favorite films by year thing, mm-hmm. Chris, you had uh, Goon as one of your favorite movies. Yeah. It's something that I'd always wanted to watch. So I finally watched it, and I just loved the hell out of it. Yeah. So it's such a great movie for, I don't want to say for what it is, but for what it could have been. It's like just some some movie like that. I think it's got some genuine heart. And yeah. They don't, sh- they don't shy away that their character is like dumb, but sweet. So yeah. sweet. And Violent. Yeah, yeah. As <laughs> I, I didn't. It, it came back to me right when you were talking about it that they do not shy away from like the ADR and the violent scenes in it. Like the right. sounds are so visceral and people are getting like crunched up against the ice and. Ugh. It's like you know it's hockey fights so it's like punches and stuff but it goes it goes way beyond that. Yeah, well, Robert's really good at it too. Yeah, he's like, really great. Because yeah. he's not he's not just a uh, you know a, a paper villain. Right. He's he's a guy who's at the end of his career yeah. and he's got respect for the guy. Mm-hmm. And he just there's the scene where he you know sees the goons coming back. He's like okay, mm-hmm. and you know it's like the role he's gonna play. And, right. And then you see him in his final game. It's like he's uh, he's like an actor. You know he's he's playing the uh, you know playing the audience in the the final game. Yeah. That, that's in the movie. I really liked it. Yeah, it's good. And man, you reminded me to write down what I see as I see it because I always forget a movie. But when you said you watched Goon because of Chris, yeah. they'd be on his list. Uh, I had never seen and watched Broadcast News out of your recommendation. It's really fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just a super fun movie. The kid at the beginning who plays eventually William Hurt is really yeah. funny. <laughs> what do you do when you're good looking? <laughs> Don't know anything. <laughs> Future news anchor. <laughs> Maybe laugh for a lot. That's really funny. Yeah. And then uh, other movie I saw um, was Coraline. I nice. think it just uh, came to Netflix where I just realized it was still there and I hadn't seen it. Oh, um, that's creepy. Yeah, I love uh, studio Leica stuff, man. I haven't seen a bad movie from that studio. Yeah. And that's another movie where it could just be, you know, kids movie, you know, fun stuff happening. But it doesn't shy away from, I'm sure it's in the Neil Gaiman story, but the, the dark elements and the creepiness of it. Yeah. 
It really, uh, you know, leans into it. And I think it makes the movie really interesting. Catherine Kinnear voiced the mom, or am I making that up? No, it's, it's uh, Terry Hatcher. Oh, is, that's is right. the mom. And it's really good as the mother and the other mother, too. Mm-hmm. And Hodgman's good, too, as the, the dad. And I haven't seen that movie since it came out. I should yeah, watch it again. Apparently, they, they might really be good. giants did like an entire soundtrack. <laughs> like, it was going to be a musical. And then they shifted to make it a dark tone, like uh-huh. a, more of a scary tone. So, like, all of those songs just got shelved. Except one. You hear the other father uh, play one of the songs on the piano. Oh, nice. Yeah. But it's, uh, I really enjoyed it. It was really good. Yeah, it's good. Great movie. Mm-hmm. And besides that, uh, those were kind of the movies I watched. Wrapping up some TV shows. Legion. I finished Legion. Legion was excellent. I think the climax of, of Legion is probably the seventh episode. And the eighth episode is the last one. Okay. But uh, That seventh episode is really good. Um, besides that, um, I'm not going to spend too much time talking about things I'm continuing to watch. I will just say, uh, if you're have, if you are still watching it, Chris, Stranded with a Million Dollars, has gotten yes. really good, especially as of the last episode. Yeah, it kind of changes the game up. Mr. Thrive. Yeah, it's the two teams are evened up, <laughs> yep. like somehow. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we explained it, but there's a guy in there who's like a I'm here, I can do without buying pizzas from this drone, and the other team is a bunch of jerks and just like always ordering stuff with their money and then they drank water like way downstream and like two of them got like one of them uh got an infection and had to have their appendix removed Jesus. so they left the show and the other guy like had like diphtheria or something he had some like some like really they said gastroenteritis but that's you know just right any infection just catch in all term yeah. for that um, but they drank dirty water then they went home. So Dairy now it's pop. yeah. So now it's basically two on two, and it looks like the uh, the promo for next episode is the guy who's been in the minority the whole time, like Mister Survivalist, or he calls himself Mister Thrive. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> he and this organic farmer who like just enjoys sleeping outside of a tent mm-hmm. and just like loves it, just a hippie chick. Uh-huh. Uh, it looks like they just straight up walk over to the other people, take their tent, and go. You guys don't get tents anymore. <laughs> and just like removes everything from their possession. Let's. I, I think uh, you know. I'm firmly with the Mr. Thrive team. Yeah. For my sympathy, they they have been shat on from the the team of privilege. Yeah. Where they're just like you know the campers as they call them. Yeah. The campers steal food from the the people who don't have anything, which is just a shitty thing. It's part of the game. Like they're trying to bleed them out. Right. And they're purposefully like we're gonna do, you know, fifty thousand dollars worth of food. And eat it all in one day, and they don't get anything. Yeah. Because they had better numbers. Now that it's tied up, I mean, I think I'm excited for the the kind of the revenge of Makoti. How much yeah. money's left? There's still a possibility of there being something close to like five hundred thousand dollars. Yep. Nice. And if they starve these other two like yokels out of their money, oh, and one of them is this woman Gina, who's just like the fucking worst. Like, there's <laughs> yep. no way that she would have made it if she hadn't. She spent fifteen thousand dollars on a hamburger. Right. She's been carried by yeah. by that team, and now that like it's, the support system's gone, she is like rolled ankle away from setting off her flare. Yeah, but it's a, you know it's been uh, it was kind of a curiosity at first, but I think it turned out to be a really interesting show. Mm. All right, that's that's enough for uh, watch list. We watched some stuff, you know, putting in the putting in the good fight there. Um, we're gonna talk about a quick uh, some quick news items. Uh, one of it it is a. Uh, Trailer Roundup. It. Um, it. 
<laughs> we're all we're all big fans of trailers, and there was a lot yeah. of good trailers that kind of debuted this week. Uh, I think last week we talked about trailers a little bit when you guys uh, had gone to see Logan. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. um, and there's, you know, you guys spurred it on. They made even more trailers come out. I know. <laughs> all us. Well Crazy. <laughs> the, the It trailer had been something that had been like, it had a release date. Mm-hmm. It was. Something. It also had a lot of fakes that came out yeah. early, and that even like websites were reporting on. Where it's like, you nice. know, check out the check out the it trailer. It right. looks horrifying, and it's just some fan made yeah. trailer. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's nice to have an actual it trailer, and it looks awesome. It does look great. Yeah, it looks genuinely creepy. The little and kid in the basement. The, the we can all float now. We yeah. can all float now. We yeah. can all float now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the projection with all the kids staring at it is horrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, God, the, the, the slide thing. Yeah, I love in horror movies when they find a new clever way to be creepy. Yeah, like I feel like I haven't seen something like that before. It reminded me of um, a movie that didn't make my list because I didn't like it for our main topic. But uh, Sinister, anybody seen Sinister? Yeah, the videos, the home videos that mm-hmm. they keep making. It reminded me of that for some reason. Mm. There's one where it's like family swimming day or something. <laughs> they're all labeled. Have anybody seen Sinister? Yeah. David besides David. So they're all labeled like dumb. It'll be like family barbecue, but it'll be like this girl like roasting her family. Uh, oh, I haven't seen it. Yeah. And uh, there was one where it was like like learning to swim or something, and this girl had like tied all of her family up to like lounge chairs and was gonna like tug them in a pool, but you saw the monster mm-hmm. in the pool like looking up. It was just like Ugh. yeah. <laughs> Was this, but yeah, new creepy way to do it is, is good. That's how. That's what the trailer reminded me of. So yeah. yeah, I didn't know what to expect from it. You know, these remakes and reboots that come out. But this yeah. this is the first thing that got me pretty exciting, other than just optimism. Yeah, beforehand. Yeah, and they're doing it in a two parter, which is good. None of y'all read the book. No. Nope. Yeah. So the book split up into two pretty equal halves. One that deals with all these kids fighting this monster, mm-hmm. and then. Um, I think he cycles every 17 years, and the second half of the book is them as adults coming back to try to like finish off what they started or whatever. Mm-hmm. So they're, instead of cramming all that into one movie, which would be impossible, Yeah, they're already kind of announced that we're, mm-hmm. we're just, just kids for this one. Neat. So it's just the first half of the book. I wonder if they're going to do us expanded cinematic universe. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Derby <laughs> the Stephen King Cinematic Stephen Universe King could, yeah. it appears in one of the Dark Tower yeah it would be easy to books. do it um, it yeah. should be the isn't the everything happens in the town of Derry this isn't one of the Derry the Derryverse yeah this is one of the Derry <laughs> town's <laughs> fucked up man <laughs> Get that. Just don't move, move there yeah. <laughs> that giant killer St. Bernard's roaming around yeah I would love for I would love for Hollywood to go back from the beginning to start remaking Stephen King stuff well, and, they can do the dairy ones because there's not a shit ton of dairy main books. Are there I mean, more? Is that what? Pet Cemetery Dairy? Pet Cemetery's Dairy. Um, I think there's probably like 17. It's just, there's not, it's not like all 80 Stephen yeah. King books, is my point. Okay. I don't know why I giggled at Pet Cemetery Dairy. <laughs> Pet Cemetery <laughs> Dairy. Dairy is, is, you know, reaching that point of semantic satiation where it's just meaningless to me now. I've said so much. Dairy, dairy, Are you thinking of Dairy Queen? I think that says a lot about me. Yeah. There are a lot of Stephen King books that take place in Dairy Queen now. Yeah, that's true. Carrie. Okay. Carrie Dairy Queen. Yeah. There's a... I'll talk about it in September on the podcast once the movie comes out. But um, the first half of It ends in a horribly creepy fashion. 
the book does that I don't think they can do on screen with kids. <laughs> so I'm really curious to see if that that happens. Um, yes. I don't know. I'm excited. It looks like one of the main kids is the the main kid from Stranger Things. Yeah, yeah. which is mm-hmm. super neat. Yeah. And somebody else, I recognize one of the others, and he's from the movie with Michael Shannon, where he has special powers, and they're taking... Midnight from last, Special? Yeah, Midnight Special. It's the kid from Midnight Special. Oh, it's nice. the main kid. He is, like, the leader of he's, the Losers Club. He's nice. good, man. Yeah. 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 That trailer really good. Yeah. I know I talked about it last week, but I'm still excited about American Gods. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, Ian McShane is Mr. Wednesday. I just think it's perfect, and Peter Stormare and everything. Did you... It's, it's a... Is it a book or graphic novel? It's both. Did you read the book? Yes. And I really enjoyed the book. There's a period in the book that I think it started to slow down, but I think would make for a perfect big visual exhibition. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'll become clear what that big turning point is if you watch the show. But I'm still really excited about American Gods. This is There have been like rumors about not just Coraline, but like other Neil Gaiman-authored items becoming... You know, live to screen. Mm-hmm. Seems like he lends himself to it pretty well. I know. Like, but, the stories are so good. But there's, there, I feel like there's always rumors about this Neil Gaiman property is going to become a movie or TV show, and it just peters out. Because yeah, he did uh, the his his run on Sandman, and that's been like yeah. in the running for like twenty years. Yeah, yeah. So I'm still excited about American Gods. Anyone interested at all, or have you seen Justice League trailer? I saw, I saw that. Trailer. Apparently, one trailer for that's been out for three months. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And uh, there was so little buzz around it that I missed it, I guess. Yeah. And I just now saw the second trailer for it, and it looks, I don't know, it looks like it has the potential to be good, and also the potential to really disappoint me. Yeah. It looks it's, like they're going to stay in the same lane as all the other, like, Zack Snyder. Sticking movies. with it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't, I just don't, I can't really get it up for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How, is, <laughs> how is that studio not going to course correct even a little bit? And it's still making money. Yeah. Like, the only the only way out is through at this point. Yeah. There's a uh, nerd writer. I don't know if you guys know nerd writer. He's a YouTube guy who breaks down, you know, me- media in some way and does kind of a video essay on it. Hmm. He talks about the problem with Zack Snyder is uh, he's a man of moments and not of scenes. And, you know, you get the thing, the shot of Superman with his cape flowing in, like, in the thunderstorm. Hmm. He's like, that's a, that's a poignant moment. But it's tied to nothing. Yeah. Right. Which is his main huh. criticism of it. Interesting. Well, I mean, yeah. you think back to 300, and 300 is just, you remember moments, and yeah. the rest of the movie is kind of forgettable. That's why Zack Snyder's, when Zack Snyder movies, when you think back on them, it's like, oh yeah, the movie was pretty good. I guess because you're just remembering like the images. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, like, and his main criticism is, of Zack Snyder is that he makes great montages. Mm-hmm. Because that's all that montages are, is it's, you know, a bunch of moments strung together with a theme right. that may just be a passing of time as the theme. Like the Watchmen opening. Yeah. Is, is one of the greatest the montages greatest I've ever seen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I'll watch them. I mean, Batman v Superman was pretty bad. But also, since we're talking about trailers, kind of ruined that movie with some of the trailers when they'd shown, like, two or three and then like trailer three, and it was like, "Here's Wonder Woman," and then it's like, "Why did just leave that alone? Everybody's gonna see this goddamn movie anyway." Yeah, and they showed Armageddon, like yeah. So it's Batman v Superman v Wonder Woman v Armageddon, Dawn of Justice. <laughs> <laughs> but the Wonder Woman trailer, which isn't very new, I'm kind of interested. It looks, it looks good. It looks yeah. good because it's it's a different director. It's Patty Jenkins, mm-hmm. you know, not an action director by any means. I just think it's it's weird when the whole cinematic universe for an entire uh, 
comic company with all that IP is tied up in one guy. Marvel doesn't get the best directors necessarily, like the highest echelon people, but I like that you get the like the variety. Like, mm. Thor Ragnarok is Taika Waititi, you did What We Do in the Shadows. That's just so interesting. Yeah. Did uh, Kenneth Branagh do a Marvel movie? Yeah, he did Thor. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And then, you know, John Favreau had a turn at Iron Man, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And Avengers was Josh Whedon, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah Josh yeah. Whedon, yeah. Just kind of, you know, passing the, the, I don't know, the rock along to different people for some different takes. Yeah. Because it gets so samey, I feel like. You know, Superman Returns and the Dawn of Justice, everything looks like the same thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. it does. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I feel correct. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm excited about the Wonder Woman movie based on the trailer. It looks good. The stuff in Amazonia yeah. or wherever the hell the Alan was called yeah. looks really good. I wish they wouldn't have sold the, the two locations. I wish they would have just dipped on one for this. I guess this is the first... Uh, like a full length trailer. You mean like go by the New York or whatever? Yeah, I wish time. Or yeah. or you know not hinting that it's like in the middle of World War One. But yeah, that was good. Any other trailers? Uh, there's a new Spider-Man trailer. Oh Spider-Man yeah, it looked fun. It looked really. I love. I love this. The, as shitty as DC's doing, Marvel's just like keep kicking ass. Marvel, just yeah. killing it. Everything's great. Michael, <laughs> Michael Keaton as Vulture looks awesome. He, he does. does look he looks cool. legitimately like sinister. Like it's like Birdman. Did anybody put that together? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's legitimately like just talking to the kid. Like, you know, if you cross me, I'm gonna kill you and everybody you love. And <laughs> just like the matter of fact sinisterness yeah. of it. Sinerosity? Yeah, Sinerosity. That's, <laughs> that's it. it. That's it. Yeah. I just like the the take they're doing on it because Spider Man is a young person. Mm-hmm. That's like his whole what he's about is it's someone who hasn't figured out anything being a superhero. Not thirty five year old Tobey Maguire or <laughs> <laughs> anything like that. Yeah, they had they had a lot of Iron Man in the trailer. I hope this isn't just Iron Man four. Like, I think it's it may just be how they're selling it. Yeah. Well, it'd be Iron Man five because we also had Captain America Civil oh, yeah. War, which is Iron Man four. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say, even the bad Marvel movies are still like better than most of the DC movies. Yeah. Like, I like like Age of Ultron. Like, yeah. That movie wasn't that good. It's like yeah, but still a lot better than Batman. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I'll just say another uh, uh, trailer that came out this week I was really excited about was the Fargo trailer. I'm such a big Noah Hawley fan. I'm ready to come on so I can watch season two. It's available where Amazon. Yeah, and the trailer has is like packed with a bunch of awesome people. What's the time period like for? It's it's going to be like 2010. Oh, nice. Modern. You McGregor plays twins. (laughs) Fun. Yeah, one is like hard up. The other one's the uh, parking lot king of Minnesota. (laughs) And Mary Elizabeth Winstead's in it as a. Ooh, I love looking at her. A competitive bridge player. (laughs) Nice. It's just like a Mad Libs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it just looks really good. Uh, and Carrie Coon, who's in The Leftovers, is in it. Nice. She's about to have a moment with Leftovers and uh, Fargo coming oh out. Oh my god. I have a couple trailers, just real quick. Sure. Uh, Game of Thrones trailer. The oh long, yeah. The Long, the, walk. The long walk. I haven't uh, seen it yet. Shows there's there's nothing much in it. It just, just yeah. gets you excited. It just, it's just... Everyone, I saw a video of someone breaking down like the reflection of an eye or the reflection no. of the no. ice. They're no. trying to pick no. something out. Don't. No. Even... <laughs> It's. It, I think it's. It's a cool trailer because it's just a contrast. It's, it's the three kings, basically. Well, I should say the three queens. If I'm going to lump them all into one, uh, it's just Daenerys walking towards the throne, um, Cersei walking towards the Iron Throne, and then Jon Snow walking towards just like a chair, but it's like in a long hall. So, mm-hmm. kind of setting up like the three big camps that are going to be in the next ten episodes. Yeah, and it ends with, I believe, the eye of a White Walker viewing them all. I right? think it's. Yeah. I think it's the uh, the Night King. I think uh, it's, the, the, Knights, I think it's yeah. the, the Night King as like, you know, you humans had your petty squabbles. Right. 
mm-hmm. you know, winter is coming. Which has um, always been sort of the point of the show. Right. It's always been, this is, a, this is a very real threat, and this thing down south of the wall does not matter. Yeah. It's just people fighting for pride. Which is and, why John's story is always, like, the most, like, nerve-wracking, because you, you know that he's the o- only one of them who's actively... Yeah. You, you know, get the feeling that Daenerys, Daenerys will fight the fight if she's there, but you also get the feeling that seriously does not give a shit. There's a new Mummy trailer that came out today, maybe a couple hours ago. Yeah. Uh, they have a uh, paint it black, um, yeah. very poorly used. <laughs> uh, it's a Tom Cruise action movie. It's going to be fine, but I still regret that Brendan Fraser's not ended at all because I think the first Mummy movie. You don't know that yet. Good. Hold out hope. Well, post credit scene. <laughs> um, and then the third one is a video game tilted, but uh, Destiny Two has been talked about by a lot of people. Uh, huge franchise 343 the ex-Halo people mm-hmm. um, made a shooter which they claimed would buy it once and be a 10 year experience now it's you know the new game Destiny 2 which is a dumb <laughs> title but yeah so Destiny 2 the show came out it looks fucking stupid um, no, <laughs> nobody plays Destiny for the story I mean the game doesn't yeah. even give you the story in the game they make you read Codex online if you want to know more about any characters, there's no exposition within the game itself. So, I don't care about Destiny, but I wanted to bring it up because there's a trailer that's out. Nice. Very freshly out, too. Yep, and that's all I got for trailers. All right, trailers have been rounded up. I got another quick news item. Sure. Uh, today is April 2nd while we're recording this. Yesterday was April 1st, April Fool's Day. And uh, Justin Roiland and the Rick and Morty bunch uh, to shut people up. Uh, surprise release Rick and Morty season 3 premiere that's yesterday. Fun. Hmm. On Adult Swim in the slot of uh, Super Dragon Ball. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, basically tweeted out, uh, here you go, now quit bothering us. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that episode's online in a bunch of places. They just released it out into the wild as well as airing it. I'm a huge Rick and Morty fan. I need to, um, I need to catch up on that. I've, I've spot seen a couple episodes. Me too. Yeah. It's really funny what I've seen. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's one of those shows that's... It's, you know, you can pick up an episode for the jokes, but there's a, a continuous, sincere storyline through all the episodes mm-hmm. that's that, that pays off really well when it does. That's 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 my, my tiny news. Brent, you won't get to Rick and Morty for like years. Yeah, that's, that'll a, be a while. that's an R. Ours, <laughs> yeah. They should change the name <laughs> to Rick and Morty. A Rick and Morty. <laughs> a Rick and Morty show. A A Rick and Morty. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brings us to our main topic, which is uh, talking about something rotten in the state of movies. No, <laughs> I know. I had to. Um, we're talking about some movies, and you, we use uh, Rotten Tomatoes a lot to talk about or to, to cite as you know this is on you know fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, and uh, we wanted to talk about movies that were uh, kind of flops on Rotten Tomatoes. You know, they get the tomato, or the splat instead yeah. of the tomato. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, yeah, movies that were kind of critically panned on Rotten Tomatoes, but we think are actually good. Or, you know, there's re- redeeming uh, or, or parts we, of it. Or we acknowledge our bad and like... Or at yeah. the very least, not as bad as Rotten Tomatoes right. suggests. Because yeah. there's not really a lane in Rotten Tomatoes for kind of movies that uh, we you can enjoy, but no, isn't a great movie. And just in case anybody doesn't know exactly what Rotten Tomatoes... Scores tell you they uh, rank what percentage of critics uh, gave the movie a favorable review. Yes, favorable review. So, so it, it could give it. A, it could be if it had a hundred percent. It could be that every critic said it was a B plus movie, 
mm-hmm. which was a favorable review, mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily mean it's A+. plus. 100% doesn't mean it's a perfect movie, just that, you know, right. you should probably watch it. And, and likewise, it if it's got 20 to 30% on Rotten Tomatoes, it just means 20 to 30% of critics said it was good, and the rest of them said it was bad. So it's, it's different than Metacritic. Yeah, Metacritic tells you more about how good. More of a true grade. I prefer Metacritic, but it's got its own uh, scone criticism out there. Yeah, yeah. You know, if the person doesn't assign a number, Metacritic takes the subjective, or yeah, subjective stance of grading a review that is you know maybe more complicated than a number. Right. But it does give you. I think it gives you more information than Rotten Tomatoes does. Yeah, it definitely does. There's also criticism. I think that uh, there are people who are listed and delisted, and it's kind of random which. Which scores actually go into the Metacritic score? Mm-hmm. Um, at least on the video game side, I know there's been a lot of criticism lobbied at Metacritic for the way that it computes critics' um, mm. value to its points. You know, some get weighted even heavier than just a objective one score. Right. You know, if it says that some something was written by like an editorial staff, sometimes they super weight that score. Mm-hmm. So that being said, I think we we uh, looked into it, looked into Rotten Tomatoes, and come up with some stuff that's actually worth watching. I'll go ahead and start. I think uh, as an entire genre that kind of doesn't get a good uh, good shake on Rotten Tomatoes is a dumb comedy that is great to watch. Doesn't have to mean anything more than that. They don't seem to get good uh, good uh, like I said good shake on the site. Um, I will say Hot Rod is is a movie that I think is definitely good and should be seen. Is very stupid. It's forty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. And I, I just I keep thinking of things I've seen in Hot Rod that are you know the movie is a lot of almost non sequitur things, right? And uh, I, I think it's full of great performances. I keep going back to uh, Will Arnett in that movie. He's like the uh, the the terrible boyfriend yeah. type character that's in every rom com, mm-hmm. and he's just hilarious in that. He has one one thing where he sa- keeps saying "babe" like twenty times in a row. <laughs> babe, babe. Babe, babe, babe. <laughs> yeah, I like Hot Rod a lot. That is moment. I'm a Sandberg fan too. See, I was too. I still didn't love it. I mean, I don't think it's as, I don't think it's that low. It should definitely be over fifty. But uh, it definitely had moments that made me giggle. Uh, we hard. actually, uh, Ashley and I had at one point we just kept Hot Rod when it was on Netflix. It might still be on Netflix, but we had kept the movie kind of. We would pause it and then exit it right where. He, it's the scene where he's in the forest and he falls, the, he tumbles down the hill, and you mm-hmm. just hear him go, "Shit!" <laughs> and it's, we would go back and just replay that over and over again. In the same vein of, of dumb comedies, I know you probably got a little list you got there, but mm-hmm. uh, Billy Madison is one that I always thought was enjoyable to watch. It's at a forty-six percent. Wow, yeah, that surprises me. Not its score as much. I kind of figured it would be good. That was one I actually didn't come across on the list. I went out and hunted. Because mm-hmm. I figured it was probably going to be pretty mm-hmm. bad. But it's got, like, really funny moments. Him and the penguin, when he goes to her house, is so dumb and yeah. funny. Mm-hmm. You. <laughs> I know. I get it. <laughs> uh, I've got one in that vein that I know lots of people will call me an idiot for enjoying. It's uh, Balls of Fury. It is just I liked it. It is just a stupid, stupid movie. Like Christopher Walken as like really dumb. The ping pong guru. And the the shock panels that that's a (laughs) band. It's just it's just so dumb and so funny. And I think it's self aware of how dumb this movie is. Mm -hmm. Uh, it just makes me giggle at how absurd the whole thing is. And 
the jokes that don't work are almost funnier than the jokes that do. <laughs> um, just because it's, I can't really fully articulate why when I saw it that it was sub fifty. I was like, oh yeah, definitely Balls of Fury. Like I would watch that today. But Balls of Fury's on on my list. Um, my first dumb comedy that I listed, and it, it baffled me why this was as low as a thirty five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Nice. Two thousand one Super Troopers. Loves no, Super well, Troopers. Nice. God. That's a classic, right? That's good. And uh, yeah, I, I don't even need to go into it. Super Troopers is great. Yeah, Super yeah. Troopers is great. There's a reason why they're making a second one because people love the first one. Yep. Huh. I'm a little scared about the second one though. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Dude, these comedies that come out like 15 years later, like Zoolander two. <laughs> yeah. 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 Dumb and Dumber two. Anchorman two. T- yeah. <laughs> I still yeah. haven't seen that. Me neither. Because I heard it was oh. awful. Anchorman yeah. two. Yeah. Uh, not 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 that bad. It's not as bad as like Zoolander two and stuff. It's just it's just Anchorman one again where the jokes aren't quite as funny. Okay. I hear that it's like Anchorman one except it's more gleeful about racism and sexism. (laughs) Uh maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't seen it. Basketball, forty two percent. Yeah. It's like I think spoof movies also don't get uh don't get the love, but I think basketball's hilarious. Mm The, where they're psyching out people is, is obviously funny. But some of the smaller stuff, like... I forgot the main character's name, but Trey Parker's in the car going to, like, talk to the girlfriend, and the radio is, like, saying exactly what he's doing. Mm-hmm. I think uh, it's the first time I'd heard that, and he's like, and he takes a left in his car. <laughs> <laughs> I like that movie. TJ, you got another dumb comedy? One is it's a remake of an old TV show that I was actually surprised this one was under 50, but it's the remake of the Dukes of Hazard movie. Because I laughed my ass off during that movie. Oh, yeah. I never saw it. They the them putting them in the General Lee in like on two eighty five in rush hour traffic with all these people like okay, that looking at funny. them with the uh, Confederate flag. Yeah, like, what the hell are you doing here, white boy? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh god, it's really funny. That was that was funny. Although for the rest of the movie, I kind of agree with the, the range <laughs> score. I thought it was fine. Uh, in the vein of uh, Super Troopers, I have Club Dread on here. I think I think that, that right. again, you know, spoof movies probably aren't going to get the credit they deserve and are going to be loved by the people who like that genre, like the slasher horror. Mm-hmm. It's just so fucking weird. And it's their follow-up to Super Troopers, right? This is, or... Yeah. Do you think, wasn't Beer Fest first? I don't no. think so. No, no was, I think that's the third one, because mm-hmm. I've never... Well, it's the, the fourth one. Oh, right. Puddle, Puddle, Puddle Cruiser. Yeah. Yeah. But should be below 50 yeah. on anything. But this, it's just, it's funny, coming off Super Troopers, they just, it's like they drew names out of a hat to see who would play what character. Mm-hmm. Like, Officer Farva turning into the yoga guru, yeah. who is like the main <laughs> like romance interest. And then we talked about... Beetle-up. Yeah. Beetle-up. The, the, the late great Bill Paxton. Yeah. Awesome. awesome. Was it Pineapple Pete? Yeah, coconut pee. Coconut, coconut pee. Yeah. yeah, it's just really funny. Getting drunk in Pina Colada <laughs> <laughs> Uh I only have one other dumb comedy listed, but I did challenge myself. I wanted to find at least a couple movies that were below 20% on nice. Rotten Tomatoes, and I found one that was at 11% <laughs> that I think has redeeming qualities. And it is a bad movie. It is a dumb, stupid movie, but... I have a affection for Joe Dirt. I do too. Uh, yeah. I think eleven percent. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, it's better than eleven percent. Definitely better than eleven percent. Yeah, because I think that eleven percent is like where the left behind movies are. 
<laughs> Kirk Cameron saves Christmas. True. Those movies. Mm-hmm. So Joe Dirt needs to be elevated out of that group. Yeah, I agree. Sure. Right, and I'll just name some others that I was surprised were under fifty percent in the same kind of category. Uh, Three Amigos. What? Yeah. Forty four percent. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. It's insane. <laughs> Actual shock. Um, Orange County, I thought it was really good. Yeah. Forty six percent better like than Orange County. Yeah. Better than Three Amigos. In ratings, I liked Evolution, but I think I'm... Evolution. Evolution is a movie I like that is bad. Yeah, yeah. And this is it's, this, I did not like Orange County. The second time that Sean William Scott has cracked our list. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, see what else? Big Daddy, one of your favorite movies of yeah, the year, forty percent. Yeah, um, I like Brain Candy, the the kids in the hall movie. It's a very flawed movie, though. So, maybe, I, yeah. maybe I kind of agree, but parts of it are hilarious. One that I have on my list is the internship. I don't think it's that bad. But it's just yeah. kind of indicative of how quickly credits turned against the not quickly, but they tried to revitalize that Vince Vaughn Owen Wilson the chemistry frat pack. Yeah, uh, and it's I think it's somewhere around a uh, forty-four or forty. And then another one that's kind of famously painted at the time: Wet Hot American Summer, thirty-two percent. Yeah, which is you know. Crazy low for how yeah. hilarious that yeah, movie that is. Yeah, that movie's great. Maybe it's like way ahead of its time. Mm. And also, you know, also in the spoof genre, not another teen movies, 28%. I think that movie's actually smart in some of its satire of yeah. its movies. Yeah, it, it's, it is one of the best out of those. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Me and Cassandra, on one of our first dates, it was like 10 years ago, walked out of Epic Movie halfway through. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was so bad. <laughs> our dad made us watch Epic Movie for some reason. <laughs> and it was just awful. Yeah, he was really excited about it, too. <laughs> Do you have another genre to move to? Yeah, you guys want to move to, uh, <coughs> see, maybe romantic comedies? Romantic comedies. Anyone got any romantic comedies? I will say one that's, I only got one I really want to talk about. It's rated at a 32% from the same team of Not Another, uh, or from Wet Hot American Summer is The Baxter. You guys ever seen this movie? The Baxter? I've seen it, yeah. Really small movie. You know, they say the Baxter's the guy at the end of a rom-com when someone leaves the jerk boyfriend for their true love. Yeah. It's about the jerk boyfriend. <laughs> like, from his point of view. Yeah. And he gets its own story. Michael Showalter is in it. I was going to say, it's one of the Michaels. Yeah. Michael Showalter and Michelle Williams is the like, romantic lead. Nice. I think it's, like, legit funny deconstructing of the romantic comedy and 32% seemed pretty low for me yeah yeah I've got a couple of rom-coms uh, one my, my, it's definitely a rom-com I'm going to save it for later because it's one of my favorite movies and this one most people probably don't like and I think it's great and I loved it when I was in high school Freddie Prince Jr. and Julia Stiles movie Down to You anybody ever seen that movie never mm-hmm. seen it no it's, uh, it's really really good I really like it Henry Winkler plays Freddie Prince Jr.'s dad he's like a TV chef um there's a great character played by Ashton Kutcher, a guy named Jim Morrison who dresses and acts just like Jim Morrison. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's one, and I've only got one more. I'm gonna go ahead and knock it off, and we can move around the list. Uh, Along Came Polly is 45. percent huh. I love that movie, and it's one of my favorite Philip Seymour Hoffman roles. He's just like uh, I, I, I Rain. Which is, is that where he's the former child actor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that is a great role for him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where like Sharded became a popular yeah. thing was from that movie. Yep. Gotta yeah. go, I sharded. It's like Phil Seymour Hoffman, Academy Award winner, invented sharding. He should have been much like more you know, it's sad that he's never gonna get to do like Along Came Polly Two. Along Came Polly Two, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but more movies of that ilk, like become a John C. Riley and kind of Yeah. Celebrated drama, celebrated comedy. Mm-hmm. I mean he was like one of the best actors of all time, probably. Yep. He's also just up for anything too, which yeah. is great. He just commits. Unfortunately, so his vices. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I don't have any rom-coms on my list. Not yeah. Because I don't like the genre, but because the ones that I saw must have been crap, and I agree with it. <laughs> yeah, I did I did not pick a romantic comedy. I have one romance that's that's particularly low score, but I'll save that. <laughs> what else do you got, David, in the rom-com? Uh, I'll just run down some. I actually like Love and Other Drugs. You know, oh, I'm yeah. a sucker for some romantic comedy. I like... Uh, I'm a big rom com fan. No, but that yeah. show was was good. That's I liked a, the dramatic moments in that movie were actually really good. I thought. Yeah. I also liked uh, I liked half of the holiday, like one of those segments. <laughs> the Jack Black, yeah. the Jack Black, yeah. Yeah. Jack Black, and way more Winslet, where he's the film composer. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I like that part. The other part, not as much. Yeah. Um, I liked Yes Man, the Jim Carrey oh. uh, Zoe Deschanel. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> dog. Oh, that Bradley Cooper? Never saw it. Huh? Isn't Bradley Cooper in that? So no, just, man. I think he's like... <laughs> oh! I think he's like his best friend. Maybe. It's possible. I just don't want You don't care anymore. You made a joke. He's in Failure to Launch. Is yeah, that what you're no. thinking of? No. Um, <laughs> no, man? Okay. No, man. It's, and I like uh, uh, Can't Hardly Wait. It's 40%. I think it's pretty good for that time period. Same period as like... Uh, She's all that and whatnot. I, I didn't list this because it's above 50%, but still they consider 59% rotten mm-hmm. on Rotten Tomatoes. And this was at 59%, and I, it's one of my favorite romantic comedies of all time, Serendipity. Mm-hmm. Is, mm-hmm. is only 59%. And that movie has some of the funniest uh, scenes, and they all involve John Corbett. He is oh, hilarious yeah. in that movie. Uh, Play the, like... Also, Jeremy Piven is the perfect best friend from a uh, from a romantic. Uh, movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. Anyway, cool. So uh, another thing, another category that gets uh, doesn't get great short shrift. Short shrift is like uh, action movies, thrillers, and movies that are kind of fun, yeah. but they don't have to be more than that. I don't know. Kind of an action movie is Stargate. It's at forty eight percent. I think it's like an inventive action movie. <laughs> yeah, and kind of. Does something interesting with the yeah. genre, and you know, less than fifty percent. I need to say, I really want. That's a movie I really want to see again soon, sometime because uh, I loved Stargate when I was a kid. Yeah. I had like action figure or whatever from Stargate, mm-hmm. and I remember having it on DVD, and I, I loved probably VHS actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, I used to watch it all the time. Loved Stargate, and I have not viewed it as an adult. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen it again, but. Just seeing James Spader with those gigantic glasses. Yeah. In the 90s. Huge. Giant, like, John Lennon sunglasses, but glasses. Uh, Any other action movies or thrillers? I don't really have any. Mine are either horror. I have a lot of, like, dramedy movies that aren't, like, necessarily romance movies. I've got a lot in this category. Nice. One of the ones that might be one of my top of the ten that I picked, uh, Idle Hands. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's on here. I really like Idle Hands. Uh, It's just... Seth Green, Devin Sawa, like uh, yeah, those two were funny horror comedy. I think that's the first time I ever saw Jessica Alba in something. Oh, nice! I She's so young in it. I wouldn't be surprised if it was one of her first roles. Hmm. But it's just so stupid. And yeah, I, just a just a fun. It feels like a horror parody, mm-hmm. um, and I just really enjoy it. I'll pass the torch, Brent. You got anything that qualifies here? Straight up action movie, and one of my favorites. It got mentioned earlier. Only forty four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. National Treasure. Oh, mm. nice. The, the first one, like, I could understand maybe Book of Secrets mm. being that low, but the first one is just great fun. Yeah, it's fun. There's a map on the back of the Constitution. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so great. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, I do have an action movie. I totally forgot about this one. Uh, like it the same reason I like Avengers. Thirty nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yeah. Which I had a blast watching that movie. I, I think I saw it in the theater. I haven't mm-hmm. gone back and seen it, but I didn't really like it at the time. Yeah, you were in a theater. You paid money. Yeah, <laughs> no problem. Yeah, I think I think Blade Trinity is there also in that like vein of like mm. this is kind of a stupid action movie and it's not good compared to the other ones, but you know it's more Blade. Yeah, no, I mean it's just fun seeing the Invisible Man and yeah. Dorian Gray and Alec Quartermain all on screen yeah, yeah. together. That was fun. I got I got another action movie that's kind of uh, action movie that's interesting. It's based on a comic. Is Constantine? I think that's kind of a cool movie. Yeah. What's it got? What's the score? Forty six. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I liked it a lot. I, I like thought it. Uh, Tilda was really good in it. I think. Yeah, and Peter Stormare is uh, the uh, you know winking devil kind of guy. Yeah. He's a demon, and it's just a visually interesting movie. Yeah. Shia Cutting. LaBeouf. Do what? Shia LaBeouf in the movie? Uh, yes, he is. Yeah. He's a cab driver, right? He's like the... Yeah, he's, he's he meets uh, a, Constantine meets an number two. two. Nymphomaniac? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I, feel, I feel like among podcasts, we probably mentioned Peter Stormare more than most. <laughs> and I like it. So if you're listening out there, Mr. Stormare, feel free to come on down to Atlanta. We have some pickled herring with your name on it. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll give you one of uh, Dev Patel's hairs. <laughs> Um, Deep cut. <laughs> I've got Judge the original Judge Dredd on here. I was I was never a huge fan. Oh, I liked it. I, I mean, think it's it's good action movie. Yeah, it's a good action movie. It's Sly Stallone in the height of his action movie. I always give like a action sci fi movie a chance. Yeah, like uh, I think Fifth Element is a fresh movie. Yeah, but in that vein, that you can see all kinds of interesting stuff in a sci fi action movie. Who else is in Judge Dredd? Armand Asante. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> He's like the bad judge. See, yeah. But yeah, I, I, I really like Judge Dredd. It's fun. You know, it's, it's Judge Dredd. I, I, uh, it's just like so so goofy and quotable. I love it a lot. Yeah. I had uh, 39% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, Man on Fire by, with Denzel Washington. Hmm. That movie's on... Got ADD. <laughs> that movie? All, the, all of those movies do. What's the director's name? Oh, Tony Scott. Yeah, Tony yeah. Scott, just yeah. like, let me edit as much as I can. Yeah, Man on Fire is like the, for me, the quintessential, like, it's the it's the Denzel Washington, Tony Scott movie that just sums up their relationship so perfectly, which is just Denzel being angry and cool and, like, a good guy. <laughs> Eight different shots of him walking to the car. Right. Yeah. With a, with a gun. Just, right. Just... By, by that token, shouldn't it be deja vu? <laughs> I think I've seen uh, this before. <laughs> yeah. Also acceptable yeah. as a villain. David, do you have something else to, to put on the pot of action sci-fi? Or I'll just throw on top of it. Uh, I like Time Cop Van Damme movie. Yeah. <laughs> Another one that's like interesting, but it's a dumb action movie. Uh, I, I don't mind Hancock. I know it's like it was like critically ravaged at the time. I think that is great. I think yeah, the first seventy-five percent of that movie, I'm hundred percent on board for, and then the la- like the back quarter is just bad. Yeah, it's true. I don't think it knows how to end. Yeah. And like the the twist is kind of worthless, yeah. I think, but the the first part, I think the first, yeah, like the first half hour especially is yeah. really interesting. Superhero movie. who can't be bothered. Mm-hmm. He's got like personal demons. Mm-hmm. I also like uh, uh, the movie Push. Chris Evans is like yeah. uh, telekinetic abilities and Dakota Fanning's in it. Yeah, yeah. I, I just really like. <laughs> a, I did not like that movie. <laughs> I, I like a, a sci-fi movie that will create a universe. Yeah, and. For me, discovering the universe is the fun part, and 
that it's Chris Evans and like three other characters who are with him the whole time, and they're all they each have different psychic abilities, and it kind of highlights the strengths and weaknesses of each of them. Like one mm-hmm. person can like smell other people with powers. One person mm-hmm. can move stuff telekinetically. I think I forget who the young girl is. Is it Dakota Fanning? It's Dakota Fanning. Dakota Fanning can draw the future. Mm-hmm. So if she she goes into a trance and just like draws a scene that's about to happen, I don't know. It's neat. It's just like the cartoonist from Heroes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about Heroes as you were describing all of that, and then you described <laughs> a character from Heroes. So. Yeah. Um, and then I'll just jump in with my uh, last kind of actiony one, Dreamcatcher. I know it's it's, <laughs> it's 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 kind of doofy, but it was. I remember seeing it in theaters and thinking, like, "Wow, that was crazy." It yeah, was crazy. it's kind of it's kind of nuts. Uh-huh. And uh, who's the guy from uh, Damian Lewis? Yeah, is like uh-huh. dialed into a different channel in that movie. Yeah, it's just and the, the twist in it's fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. for my last real action movie, it, it's not that I love the movie. I don't really love it, but I thought it was fine, much better than twenty seven percent. And that is uh, Batman v Superman. I thought it was, I thought it was a an average movie. Yeah, it, and it disappointed be, be, us because we wanted it to be so much more, and we're used sure. to Chris Nolan making great Batman movies. And but still, I thought for what it was, it was much better than a twenty-seven. Yeah, I agree. I've had a couple of like action, one action kind of a kids action movie that I'm sure is on somebody else's list. Thirty uh, percent for Hook. Yeah, I didn't. I just didn't go back that far. Yeah. Um, I've never I couldn't I didn't love it as a kid and I still weird don't watch it again either that then, uh, except for like a, you're doing it Peter what if, what if you and I sit in a room and we watch it and every time something I like happens we go would that make it better <laughs> they're about to yeah, insult Rufio <laughs> um, I've got like a sci-fi fantasy uh, a movie that I will always say is one of my favorites I don't think any of y'all have seen it because we talked about it on the podcast before but it's a uh, um, universally panned M. Night Shyamalan movie, uh, Lady in the Water. I've seen mm. it. It's one of my favorite. I almost walked out. Yeah. I think I might have been under the influence of something when I saw it. I just fucking hated it. M. Night Shyamalan? Nice. No, Lady <laughs> in the Water. <laughs> yeah, I just... Yeah. As far as... Yeah, I, I haven't seen it, but as far as panned uh, M. Night Shyamalan, there's a lot out there. Yeah. I think The Village is actually decent. I do too. I, I like, like The Village. Village. People were, like, angered by the twist at the end, but, I mean, the and, whole and movie doesn't have to be defined by that. I think yeah. everything leading up to that yeah. is interesting, and I think it's at least something. I think The Village failed a little bit because he was so, it was, when people went to see it, all they were looking for was the twist. I think a lot of people yeah. watched that movie with the twist in mind yes. the whole movie through, the whole way through, yeah. and they're just thinking, what's it going to be? Is it going to be this? Is it going to be this? What's it going to be? Right. I mean, just let the movie take you for a ride. In yeah. whatever yeah. the story is, and just don't be looking, tr- trying to figure out what the twist is. Yeah, I think the biggest twist that M Night, Sh- M. Night Shyamalan will pull is the first movie he directs and writes that doesn't have a twist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the visit didn't have a big twist. It's got uh, a twist though. Yeah, it's got a twist though. You're right. It's got a, yeah, it's just not definitely there. It's not the village or right. Yeah, I think Times didn't really have a twist. What was the twist? Well, that everything happens oh, yeah. for a reason. Is, I mean, is that it's not a it's not, it's not necessarily a twist per se, but because I think people see the uh, Mel Gibson's dead wife was actually like prophesying uh, like this one fateful day where they will figure out how to defeat the aliens. Yeah. And that it's water the whole time. Yeah. It's been... That's not a twist, though. I mean, they right. did win. I mean, yeah. they just didn't lose. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
Yeah. For that to be a twist, you have to assume that the ending was going to be the aliens win. Of his first handful of movies, it's the least twisty at Mm -hmm. the end. Right. And I would say Lady in the Water's not got a great twist. It's, you know, intentionally not. Yeah. I'm not like... I'm not saying the reason why I don't like it is because of the no, you know, Yeah, it's got kind of no twist. But I mean, the whole thing is, is is this fantasy world real or not? I think like, you're told it's real from the beginning. You are told it's real from the beginning, but every character you encounter is like, I don't believe you. Like, there's no way this can be real, but I'm going to have faith in you, and we're going to like play along. Yeah, because you see like mythological creatures early. But, uh, but the way you see them is like the things in the grass, I forget what they're called, tortugas? Tor- tortugas? That's, that's the... The, That's the the monkey trio. Whatever the invisible wolves. The, are. Yeah, I don't know. So like the whole idea that like there are wolves, but you can't see them, and you have to look at them through a mirror. Yeah. kind of plays into yeah. well, is it actually real if you can't see them? Right. But there's definitely confirmation in the movie that like yeah, they might be real. Yeah. I'll throw out it's uh, well. You mentioned thrillers, so sure. I'm gonna uh, also throw in a couple more. I'll do these quick. Uh, 28% on Rotten Tomatoes. I've always really enjoyed this movie. Uh, the Bone Collector. Yeah, with Angelina Jolie. Another I, Denzel Washington movie. I read a couple of those novels that Jeffrey Deaver... Uh, oh, nice. It's the... forget what he is. He's a, he's a crippled uh, like crime scene investigator. Yeah. Pathologist. Mm-hmm. Like all kind of things rolled up into one. I thought she's good in it. I thought yeah. he's good in it. I, I really always like that movie. I'm surprised that it has a low score. And... Uh, because I challenged myself to find one movie below ten percent. <laughs> this is this is a piece of shit movie, but I have watched it multiple times. So just by that measure alone, nine percent for the skulls. The skulls. skulls. The skulls. Yeah. It's so bad. Yeah. Ivy League. Uh, there's. I mean, for me, it's like a. It's a thirty. It's a forty. Maybe for me. <laughs> Not a good movie, but. Better than a nine. Yeah, at least it's a big enough difference. <laughs> yeah, right? it's a noticeable difference. Nice. All right, so why don't you grab bag uh, just some? Yeah, my last get two. get out of genre here. My last yeah. three kind of defy category. I've only got two. Sure. Yeah. I'll say uh, I just have a couple left. I want to talk uh, Death to Smoochie. Is only forty two percent. I love I Death to Smoochie. It's divisive. That uh, maybe it's just critics don't like it, but people do like it. I don't know. I think it's great. It's also one of Robin Williams' turns at being kind of a heel. Like, he, he is he is not mm-hmm. a good person. Rainbow Randolph, I think. Rainbow Randolph. Yeah. And he's not a likable person at all in that. Mm-hmm. And Edward Norton is good as, like, the pathologically upbeat, but there's something, like, very wrong that happened to this guy kind uh-huh. of character. Yeah. Man, I, I remember being in the, a theater in New Jersey watching that movie and laughing my ass off at the end when they're, like, the big dance number on mm-hmm. the sidewalk. And you can see a, like a scroll in Times Square behind him, and it's like a crazed child actor has heart of gold. <laughs> that was so fucking funny. But yeah, that movie's that movie's fantastic. Well, that movie. You got one, TJ. Uh, I've got a few left on my list. I'll run yeah. through them real quick. Forty nine percent. It's on the cusp. It's one of my favorite movies. Too. Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas is at forty nine percent, which I thought was odd. Wow. Yeah. Um, the original Saw is at forty eight percent. I thought the first Saw was fine. I think it, it got it gets. You know, pulled through the mud because it, there were twenty sequels that all sucked. Yeah, I just, I'm just not, a, not a big fan of that like disaster pornography. That just like carnival torture, gr- gross, yeah, gr- grotesquities. Yeah, forty three percent man of the year. I remember thinking yeah, I like that. it was good. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was super fantasy. Yeah, Rob, Rob Williams is basically John Stewart or Bill Maher. Yeah, yeah whoever runs for president. Thirty two percent. I always enjoy this movie. I've seen it multiple times. Uh, I think it's one of the last for Gene Hackman. Welcome to Mooseport. 
Oh, yeah. Nice. Welcome to Mooseport. Yeah, it's, it's been a while, but yeah. It's fine. It happens. Remember, 32%. Jawbreaker is one of my favorite movies. 39%. Yeah. Uh, I was really shocked this movie was this low. 32% for Envy? The Jack Black, Ben Stiller movie? Oh, yeah, when they do the Vapu Rise. Yeah, Vapu Rise. <laughs> I don't know why. I just assumed that movie was, was well received. And then one of my favorite movies from the 90s, and the lowest movie I had on my list was 23% for Empire Records. I like Empire Records. It's really endearing. Never, never seen it. It's. Really? It's, it's really good. Watch. It's indie rock, mid 90s. Yes. Super cheesy. Super fun. Yeah. It's a, it definitely has romantic comedy leanings. I'll just, I'll just go with my final three real quick. No reason why this is on the list other than something compelled me to watch it a lot. Uh, Fat Albert, the live action, <laughs> is really bad. But I watched it pretty much every time it came on. Nice. Um, so but, there's something in it. You can't define that's it. That's a good way for me it. to describe the skulls, actually. <laughs> yeah. It's really bad, but I don't know why, but I keep watching it. And other movies that I did that to aren't on this list. So this made the cut somehow. I did that with like Norbit and Catwoman, the Halle Berry one. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, Throw it fat Albert. It just has a place in my heart. <laughs> it is. And then The Beach. Uh, Leonardo yeah. DiCaprio movie. Was... I had that too. It's 19%. Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy low to me. Not... I think there's See, I really always... interesting things about that movie. I'm, I've never seen it, but I always heard it was terrible. So I was really thrown off when you... Because I always bring it up. I'm like... We were talking like, does DiCaprio have bad movies? And right. I'm like, oh, well, there's The Beach. And I've just always heard that. And you're like, no, everybody loves the beach. The beach is great. I think it's a super interesting movie. Yeah, yeah, and it's not something that I watched, you know, recently and have, you know, apologist tendencies about it. I think rented it at Blockbuster almost very shortly after I it was it. available. Yeah. I liked it then, I like it now, and 19%. It's just crazy. Probably but, er, earliest I've seen Tilda Swinton in a movie. Yeah. He's good in it. Yeah. I like the, uh, there's a hallucinogenic segment in it that yep. he uh, goes into a video game it's like Crash Bandicoot yeah, yeah. <laughs> 10 minutes <laughs> ding yeah and then uh, my last movie which is my favorite on this list Edges Out Idle Hands by a little bit is Walking Tall is the, the <laughs> yeah. third time Sean William Scott makes our list um, um, uh, the rock remake yeah, yeah. the I, first movie for Colby Smulders oh really oh. yeah you remember when he hits the tail light out on the dude's car yeah she's the like hottie okay. in the car with him <laughs> cool I, I just genuinely think it's a good movie. It was uh, fun. Yeah. I think too often critics have, like, uh, I don't know, some kind of judgment in mind where it should be like gymnastics a little bit. You know, you have your points possible for what you're going for, right. and then you're, like, judged against that. Yeah. Obviously, Walking Tall is not trying to be unforgiven. Right. But it's really good at being Walking Tall. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I have two movies left. One's a 41%, and... Uh, I liked it. Maybe I'm a, just a Cameron Crowe apologist, but Vanilla Sky. I, I, had, like, I had it too. I like it. I like Vanilla Sky as well. One of the scariest moments for me watching the movie was him, the continuing thing of him walking into the bathroom when it's dark, mm-hmm. turning on the light switch and not knowing if his face was going to be like disformed mm-hmm. or fine. Mm-hmm. Horrifying. Did you ever see the uh, original? Aubrey Los Ojos? Yeah, I, I saw it out afterwards. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Penelope Cruz is the same, same character. character. Yeah. Hmm. So really good. I think one of the most frightening parts of that also is when uh, he's in the the noisy bar or the cafe, mm-hmm. and um, he's just like, well, yeah. "Everyone, just shut up!" And everyone looks at him, and conversation stops. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm a sucker for a mind bender movie yeah. where you yeah. don't know what reality to trust. Yeah, like Push. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, like Bad Boys, like Fat Albert. <laughs> My last Fat Albert actually has that plot. Yeah, twenty-seven percent, and yes, it's uh, I believe it's Nicholas Sparks. 
Uh, a lot to remember. Get out. Oh, is that Mandy Moore? Yeah, but yeah. that—that's basically like the, the first one of those. Yeah, I got a soft spot for that one. It's sweet. It's a sweet movie. Weird. Twenty-seven percent. So it's it's a, it's a solid forty-eight. <laughs> so did, you, did you see that in theaters? No, okay. I was not dragged to that by a, a date or I, anything. I don't know. I was, was going to suggest it was like the the weekly movie they showed on the lawn at the ball ground park. <laughs> <laughs> they projected against a brick brick wall. <laughs> I, I just assumed that that was the movie that you got to first base after watching. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. There's uh, so he got his first movie. There's a. There's a uh, uh, an un- uh, an unexpected opening credit song on that movie, and I'm trying to find what it is because <laughs> like it's... Highway to Hell. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I guess not that unexpected. <laughs> if it's Kiss Me by Sixpence None the Richer, yeah. <laughs> that is expected. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Vanessa Carlton song. Oh, it's crazy. <laughs> anyway, that's it. That's those are all the movies I found. And I'll just wrap up. Uh, I really love. Uh, as a sports movie, hockey movie, Mystery Alaska, I think is... Uh, yeah, Mystery Alaska is great. It's 38%. I think that was legit a decent movie. Yeah. Who's the, the actress? I've got like a weird crush on her. Who plays Russell Crowe's wife? Uh, it's been a while since I've seen it. I don't remember. Can't, I can't remember. <laughs> Maybe. It's Peter Stormare. <laughs> or Petra Stormare. But Russell Crowe's good in that movie. Um, all the uh, guys playing the you know stereotypes of hockey players or just people who might be good at sports in a small town thing. I think it does that really well. It's uh, Mary McCormick. Mary McCormick. She's on she, Last Week Two for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, that movie's good. And then uh, Mike Myers is in that. Yeah, he's he like plays a, like the hockey, like the Don Cherry hockey yeah, announcer yeah. guy. Um, and then uh, some horror movies. Uh, I like What Not Lies Beneath. Mm-hmm. I'll say that clearly this time. What lies beneath? <laughs> That's a good, uh, just straight ahead thriller. Harrison yeah. Ford and Michelle Pfeiffer. Uh, I liked the the Grudge when it came out. Yeah, Grudge you know, was fine. Sarah Michelle Gellar. Sarah Michelle yeah, Gellar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the uh, you know creepy Korean water ghost movie. <laughs> um, Final Destination. The first one's thirty three percent. Really, I think it's a it's a great premise it's for Devin, a movie. Is Devin Sawa in that too? Well, I got lost in when the Candyman came out. It was just like. I don't know, it might be death. Yeah. <laughs> this movie's dumb. <laughs> I remember death when he was a kid. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've, I've also talked about Sound Hill before. That's 29%. I think that's just me. I, yeah. like, I like that movie. No one else does. I also like uh, The Strangers is good. It's yeah, it was good for Masked Man, home invasion movie that's creepy. It was, and, uh, it was Devin Sawa. Yeah. <laughs> and then a, a Sam Neill movie that I thought was good, uh, In the Mouth of Madness. You ever see that? Mm-mm. It's like about a Stephen King type guy who like uh, is a recluse, and the, his books start coming true, and there's like an, a, a cult around his books. It's just kind of a creepy, unsettling movie. Mm-hmm. It's got Sam Neill in it, and he fight dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I do want to point out, uh, Final Destination also has Sean William Scott in it. Boom! Doesn't get nice. enough credit, Sean William Scott. The Scottisans. <laughs> Man, some of these, like, I was looking at movies that I love, seeing if they happen to be, like, below 50 movies mm-hmm. that I thought might could. Mm-hmm. Um, and I checked on one and then stopped because I looked at the Halloween, the original Halloween, and 93% yeah, of the Rotten Tomatoes over 90. Wow. Yeah. I was surprised. I was hoping it might be, like, around the 50 mark. Yeah, but going through them as kind of like a 
finale, going through movies that are considered rotten, which men use as a filter to not see them, there's so many of these that are rewarding to watch, and going through this list, stuff I want to watch again. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. The takeaway, don't take the rotten or fresh rating. You mean you want to watch Mystery Alaska tonight, to be honest with you. I <laughs> yeah, might rent so that on for a dollar or something. I feel like a Rotten Tomatoes score is a good starting place. Mm-hmm. But don't take it as gospel that something is good or is bad. Right. I know that we've talked about also movies that are very highly rated that we don't like. But I think there's a lot. I don't think that anyone in the movie except for Brent mm-hmm. or Walker remember that I would, you know, I, I would be fine watching today. Yep. I think with access to everything nowadays, with streaming and on demand and, you know, rent it from your device, mm-hmm. I think you look for a way to filter something or a way to figure out what to watch. And, you know, it could make you miss some of these movies that I think are rewarding. We made fun of Brent a lot for doing his Oracle Obelisk uh, movie watching style. But he had a really good rule, I think. Uh, he was skipping movies that didn't have Wikipedia pages for a while. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's a good way to like get the actual garbage out of there. <laughs> like, <laughs> movies that you don't need to see. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, if you come across one that's 10% on Rotten Tomatoes, watch it. I mean, it could be, you know... It could be hilariously bad. Yeah. I forget, what's the... I watched... Um, the Eddie Murphy movie where he can't talk. Ten thousand words is that what it's called? Oh, no, it's horrible. I've seen <laughs> it. Like it's, it's the one where like where like every leaf that falls off this tree is reflecting a word that he spoke, and once he runs out of words, he doesn't know what happens and just thinks that he'll die when he uses them all up. Yeah, yeah, that is the premise. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty good capitulation of that. Yeah, thanks. There's there's one movie I should have put on the list. I can't remember, but I remember Cleo Nash. Um, me, Dave. I had a friend who recommended it to me, and I looked at it, it had like a 5% on Rotten Tomatoes, and I watched it, and I loved it. So, I mean, it happens. Yeah. Rotten Tomatoes is good for, good for discussion, it. and that's about it. Don't yeah. let it control your watchability. That's right. Let Metacritic do that. Yeah. <laughs> Leave that to us. All Don't right. watch a lot to remember Brits and <laughs> I think it's Cannonball by the Breeders. <laughs> I think it's. Huh, interesting. All right, so that, that kind of wraps up our talk about rotten movies that are worthwhile. Yeah. Um, so wrapping it up, uh, who's got uh, a homework assignment for next week? It's pretty easy. So this is sort of in the opposite vein of what we were doing tonight, uh, which is talking about movies that people think that are bad, uh, that we think are good. This is a movie that uh, I don't have a strong opinion on because it's been a while since I've seen it, but uh, at least one person on our Facebook group has commented that this movie has a lot of critical acclaim and it's not worth it, and it is a classic of cinema. Hmm. And it's been a long time since I've seen it. I don't know if you... From 1949, The Third Man? Uh, a couple of years ago. Have you seen it? No, I'll watch it. Okay. It's it's it just got didn't put, even ask me. It just got seen put, it. No, I, I, was, I was thinking you had done this since we started podcasting. No, I saw it a couple of years ago. Okay. Well, it's, it just got put back on Netflix. Yeah. So that's that's my pick for the week. Cool. cool. So I kind of want to see if we agree with uh, our friend John, who says that he uh, does not see what the hype is about for The Third Man. It's, it pops Fun. up on hun- top 100 lists. You know, it's it's. I think it's going to be just like uh, just like before sunrise, just walking around Vienna. You know, uh, <laughs> paying for milkshakes, poems. I don't know. They, well, I forgot what that they actually go on the same Ferris wheel that's in the. Oh, movie. nice, nice. Talk about a walk to remember. To <laughs> <laughs> All right, so homework assignment is a walk to remember. Yeah, and, and we'll, TJ quits the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I'm 
I'm not going to be here next yeah. week. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, Third Man. That'll be interesting. It's good to uh, kind of jump around a little bit. The yeah, we, we haven't gone recent. Yeah. Orson, Orson Welles. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So that, that'll be interesting to talk about next week. Sweet. So Wrapping up. Uh, so this was Talking Talk. It continues to be. We'll do it next week. Uh, it's the podcast for the media by us.com. Please visit the site and see our stuff. Connect with us on Twitter at the media by us. Email us at uh, the media by us at gmail.com or our Facebook groups, movies by us, TV by us, and games by us. We would love to hear from you for any podcast topics and please subscribe to the pod- podcast through your favorite podcatching app and give us uh, max ratings whenever you can because mm-hmm. we need it badly. And we deserve oh it. Oh my gosh, we need it. <laughs> it feeds us. And it also keeps us uh, doing this every week. And uh, I want to say thanks again to the Willow Walkers for providing the intro music. And uh, thanks to whoever is doing the outro music. We choose it after we record. (laughs) (laughs) It's always a surprise. So anyway, I want to say thanks to everybody who watches and uh, connects with us through Facebook. And uh, in the room, thanks to TJ. Yep. Chris. Thanks. And Brent. Happy to be here. And myself. And that does it for another Tucky Talk. And thanks to Brent's obelisk. Yes. (laughs) The obelisk. Ha <laughs> <laughs>